Our scripture reading today is from Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 4 to 7, and I will be reading from the NIV. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. This is the word. And this is also the word of the Lord from Joshua chapter 1, verses 6 to 9. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. After 30 years, almost 30 years, I finally got to go back to Korea. And it was my first time going back to Korea since 1987. I spent 30 years of my life in Canada and only about 10 in Korea. So most of my life was actually lived in Toronto. So to go back to Korea after 30 years, it felt weird. But it also felt like I finally got to go back home where I came from. And one of the things that was really surprising of being back in Korea was that, you know what? Everybody looks like me. It's the first time in 30 years not feeling different or looking different than the people you're around. It was the craziest thing I, to, be, to experience that I am like everybody else. There's no one else that looks different than I do. Yet, I knew I wasn't home. What I thought was home was not home because my home wasn't Korea anymore. I've changed and, and they've changed and what I remember Korea to be was no more. And many immigrants feel this way when they go back home. I have heard of many Korean parents who go back to Korea only to find that not their home because the Korea they knew is not there anymore. Korea has changed and moved on from what it was. The immigrants in Canada who remembered what Korea was like before will never find that Korea again. Yet they themselves have not been able to move on or adapt beyond who they were in Korea. What they need to understand is that they themselves have adapted and changed to a different breed of people. 
they are in many ways different because they have an experience very different than anyone who is in one culture. They are travelers who, are, who have memories of the past that is no more and have new experiences and have made their home in a foreign land. So in the midst of this pandemic, we are keenly aware that we are also not where we used to be. We haven't left home, but our home has changed. It's been turned upside down and we feel disoriented. How are we to live and be in this time of disorientation? Do we keep living with a longing for Kansas or do we live with, live with an awareness that we are not going back to Kansas anymore? For the last two weeks, we have looked at the rhythm of life of orientation, this, this orientation, and new orientation. And throughout our lives, we move from one form of orientation to another and back and forth. And we've looked at, in the last two weeks, the, uh, orienta- looked at orientation and disorientation. And today, we will look at new orientation. What is this experience of new orientation? It is that season or time in your life where when you feel as though all hope is lost, when it feels as though you can't keep waiting anymore, when there is this sense of darkness, when it feels like it's all over, that something remarkable happens where there's news that feels like a gift. It's the hearing of an all-clear sign of, from the cancer that you've been fighting. It's that call you get when you've been waiting and hoping to get that new job, and you get it. It's that moment of happiness once the baby is finally out. The joy, the wonder, the amazement that comes after so much pain and sorrow. I remember when Jin was pregnant with our first baby, we spent much time, just like everyone else does, in getting things ready for the baby. Uh, I read what to expect when you're expecting, uh, got the baby clothes, got the car seat, and, and everything ready. Nine months of waiting, expecting, being sick. Not me, my, my wife being sick. And finally, it was time. And guess what? I bought a new camcorder. I was going to film the whole experience because I thought this was such a, it would be such an amazing thing. So when Jin told me she felt contractions, I started filming because I was, I was really excited. I heard that it was a glorious experience, so I had to get it on film. And do you know what I filmed? I filmed Jin going into contractions, and then the, last, and then the next thing I filmed was me with the baby. There was no in-between. And the reason was that because no one ever told me or prepared me that how traumatic and disorienting the, the birthing process could be. But after all the pushing and screaming and blood, when the baby finally came out, what joy, what same sense of amazement, and what relief you feel It makes the experience really all worth it. And let me just say to all you mothers out there, I give you much props because it's something that I can never or ever want to go through. There's so much strength and courage in what you do. And this is new orientation. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. 
Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. This phrase is repeated three times by God within these four verses that was read in Joshua. So we need to pay attention to the words of God here. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. And the people of Israel did have a lot to be afraid of. They have left the comforts of Egypt, gone through the wilderness for a whole generation, and now finally, after all these years, are going to cross over to this new land. And they must have been feeling it. Like, how do we get there? Where are we going? I heard that there are giants across on the other side. Why can't we just go back or stay where we are? Why do we have to cross over to a new foreign place that is not safe and unknown? In Joshua, there's a Hebrew word, uh, haver, which means to cross over. This word is not used in the Old Testament until Joshua 3, and then is used over 21 times in a span of a, a few chapters. Gary Nelson, who used to be the president of Tyndale, and some of you know him, and is a Baptist pastor, writes about how this, this word, haver, and this story of Joshua speaks to this time of in-between, this time of transition, where we're not home and are waiting to be home, where we need to cross over in order to get to the other side, but there is a vast river blocking our way. He talks about how many of us hold on to what we know when we face uncertainty and when we are in a place of unknown. And many of us want to go back even when going back means being in slavery. We'd rather be in slavery in the familiar than to be free with the unknown. And Gary Nelson was writing about the church and how we need to be willing to change and to be a people who are willing to cross over. Instead of looking back to the glory days uh, and where we, were, where we were and just to hold on. He argues that this type of living is a delusion to the reality that we are already in a new world. And that there is no going back. We can't just go back to the way things were because that place doesn't exist anymore. And we can't just stay where we are because where we are is in a time of transition. So let's look at what happens when Joshua encourages the people of Israel to cross over. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place. Follow it so that you may know the way you should go, for you have not passed this way before. They were to wait for the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to cross over first. The Ark of the Covenant, which symbolized the very presence of God and the Ten Commandments, which God gave to the people of Israel as a way to give them this new identity, this Ark had to first cross over before the rest of Israel could go over. The people of Israel had no way of crossing over because they were blocked by the Jordan River. The only way they could cross over was if God would make a way for them. So we read in the story that Joshua, like Moses, leads the people of Israel through the parting of the Jordan River. This was not the doing of Joshua, but the very presence of God that made the way for them. 
Verse 4 says, follow it so that you may know the way you should go, for you have not passed this way before. Yahweh makes the way for the people of Israel and goes before them. He is the one that's leading them. He's the one that makes a way for them. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will go before you and make a way for you. He is the one who will show you the path to take. We all want this COVID-19 to end. And we're looking forward to the day where we have a cure or some vaccine so that we can go back to our normal lives. And I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're not going back. Sure, we may go back to some sort of normalcy, and we're putting a lot of faith in science, but will science really bring us ever back home? Or do we even want to go there? And one of the things I've noticed is that when we go through a time of hardship or disorientation, we become aware and more aware of what matters. Even during this time of pandemic, we're coming to realize as a society that there are things of our world that is, that is not as good as we thought they were. Black Lives Matter, social justice issues, our work-life balance are all examples of things that we realize matter more than just going back to the th- way things were. So what does this mean for us as we look to live in this time of in-between? What do we do, do in the midst of longing for home and are at a place of disorientation? And I think the first thing we need to do is to wait on God. Just as the Israelites waited on the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to move first and to show them the way, we are called to wait on Yahweh, the Lord, to show us the way. It isn't in science. It's not in a vaccine that we will be saved, though we are praying for that day. We know that even when we are back to normal, it is in seeking and following the Lord that we will find our home. I mean, is that all we are hoping for, just to go back to where we were? Or as people who have all lived through this time of disorientation, can we go to a new place that God is leading us to? One of the main reasons that uh, we moved to Canada was because my parents were having trouble in their marriage. They moved to Canada as a way to start fresh, to start anew. But the change of scenery couldn't save their marriage, so my dad went back to Korea. And being in high school by this time, I was in a place of disorientation. I think high school in many ways is a time of disorientation. And moving to a new country, making home here, and my home life falling apart and being a high school uh, adolescent all played a role in putting me in a place of disorientation. And I had to grieve what I lost and had to seek to find a way to make a new home. I think that's why I didn't go to school and I skipped a lot because I was just grieving what I had lost and was looking to find some hope, to find something or someone who would give me hope and to give me a new home. And looking back on my experience, I'm glad to have gone through what I have gone through. Why? First of all, I would have never left Korea I would have never come to Canada if my parents didn't have 
trouble in their marriage. Secondly, I would have never reached out to God the way I did. Because without that pain and disorientation in my life, I would have never sought out God the way I did. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have clung to him. I wouldn't have sought out what it meant to find some hope and a new home. I would have never met my wife, would have never had my children. And without the divorce of my parents and losing that sense of home, I would have never, caught, I would have never appreciated what home and what a good home life would be like and the importance of homemaking wherever God places me to be. And the people of Israel have gone through many different moments in their history where they were in this place of disorientation. During the time of exile, when they were taken captive by the Babylonians, they also longed to go back home. They wrote songs about it and said, how do we sing the songs of Zion when they were not in Zion anymore? They were in Babylon. They were in captivity. And they longed to go back to Israel again, their home, which to go back to where they were. And listen to what Jeremiah says to the people. And then he's, he, and this is what Jeremiah says. He says, build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. In many ways, like the Israelites, we have no choice of the situation we are in. Yet this passage reminds us that God has placed us in this city, in this circumstance, and in this time for a reason. I'm not saying that God caused this to happen to us, but that our response is to seek him and live in the places we are in. So build houses and settle down. Marry and have children. So I've heard that many are doing that right now in this time of pandemic. And seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which God has placed us to be. Make this place our home because God is with us. And he is the one who will lead us. I think about the disciples who were in this place of disorientation. They found the Messiah who have given them their new identity as his beloved uh, sons and daughters. And he were, they were his disciples. They have found their home in the Messiah who have come and deliver and, and were, was expected to deliver the people of Israel. And they were part of this awesome new movement. And they were right at the center of it. But what kind of disorientation did the disciples feel when their Messiah was killed? How disorienting was it for them to have believed in Jesus as the Messiah? The Messiah who was supposed to save them, who were to free them from the oppression of the Romans. He was supposed to win, but he lost and he died. He was dead and now they are huddled up in a room maybe also scared of what would happen to them next. What was their future like? And it's within this place of disorientation that I love the line from C.S. Lewis. 
he has this great line that says, nothing in you that has not died will ever be raised from the dead. Nothing in you that has not died will ever be raised from the dead. I love this quote because it's, it's so true. We are so scared of death and letting things in our, in our lives uh, go. But unless we embrace the death, embrace death, there is no hope of resurrection. Jesus himself had to die because without his death, there would be no resurrection. And without this orientation, there is no hope of new orientation. And this is the world we live in right now, isn't it? We do not know what is to come, and death seems to be right around the corner, or even just at the groceries, uh, grocery place. Many of us are weary, tired, and cannot wait till this time is over. And I think it's in, within this time, it's important for us to grieve what was lost, but also to see what we cared about and how things were before were not as good as we think it was. Just like the Israelites looking back and thinking so fondly about the food they had when they were in slavery, we also need to recognize that we cannot live in the past or go back to what was before because it wasn't as good as we think it was. There is no going back to what it was because even if we did, we ourselves are not the same anymore. That going back home doesn't matter as much because our home is rooted in a God who caused us to make home in him and to seek peace in the places he calls us to be. Yes, some things will go back to being the same, but we hope that it won't just go back to being Kansas. We can go back as changed people appreciating what is good and what matters and working towards being a people who can be more than what we have been. And I wanted to end our time today with showing you a little piece of spring garden history. So while we were cleaning up uh, in our church, uh, one of these, you know, kind of spring cleaning uh, days, we came across this thing, this little um, cart, I don't know what you call it, board, uh, you know, the the. PowerPoint of 1980s, right? So anyways, here is one piece of history. And here you see there's a scheme D of relocation, uh, of going to a different place, finding a, a new space. And some, so some issues of, of staying or relocating, what would happen, uh, the positives, the negatives, the cost involved. And I show you this because throughout the history of Spring Garden Church, We've had this conversation many times of leaving Spring Garden. And in the end, we've said that we are going to stay. We're going to stay because we felt that God has called us to this location, this place for a reason. So we seek to stay here and to seek the peace of this neighborhood and to seek, to seek the prosperity of this neighborhood because we feel called to be here. And there are times where we're called to go. There are times where we are called to cross over. And there are times where we're called to stay. How do we know? Should I go or should I stay? Or should I stay or should I go? How do we know? And the only way we know is to seek God and turn to him. 
He is the one who will lead us. And just like the Israelites who had to wait on the Ark of the Covenant, we ourselves wait on God. He is the one who will save us. He is the one that will lead us. He is the one that will give us new orientation and not a vaccine. So the question for us as individuals and as Spring Garden is, is not what should we do when all of this is over, but who is God calling us to be right now? How can we wait upon God and seek the peace of the city? Why has God placed us, a community of faith, at this time in this neighborhood and in this context? How do we continue to have hope in him and wait for that time of new orientation? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go or stay. Let us pray. Jesus, you are the reason that we have hope. You are the reason that in the midst of many disorienting times and many uh, deaths, um, and all the tragedy, all the, all the wrongs and brokenness we see, that you're the reason that we have hope because you died and rose again we know that death is the way through, when it, through which we have resurrection. So, so give us courage and strength because we are scared to take that path. We're afraid to, to die to ourselves. We're afraid to die to things that, that we want to hold on to. But we know that you are with us, that you are going ahead of us and so, and you are making a way for us. So give us that faith. Give us hope and trust in you that you will lead us into new places and to a new home and a new orientation. Thank you, Jesus. And we pray all this in your name. Amen.